Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. On Friday, November 7, 2014, Adam Broich, Fiscal Analyst with the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, interviewed Dan Franklin and Stu Anderson of the Iowa Department of Transportation. Dan Franklin is the Director of the Office of Policy and Legislative Services and is responsible for the review and analysis of federal legislative activity impacting transportation and is the Department's liaison with Iowa's Congressional Delegation. Stu Anderson is the Division Director of the Planning, Programming, and Modal Division and is responsible for long range multimodal transportation planning and programming and the administration of modal funding programs at the Iowa Department of Transportation. The main topic was federal road funding, including the history of the Federal Highway Trust Fund, the impact on Iowa, and the future of highway funding. Hello, my name is Adam Broick and I'm a fiscal analyst with the Legislative Services Agency. Today I'll be discussing federal road funding in Iowa with Stu Anderson and Dan Franklin of the Department of Transportation. In recent years, funding has received a fair amount of attention at the state and federal level. But before we discuss federal funding in more detail, Stu, can you describe jurisdictions and funding responsibility for transportation in Iowa? Sure. In Iowa, our public road system is about 114,000 miles with about 25,000 bridges across the state. And those roads are supported both from a maintenance and construction perspective with three primary sources of funding. The largest source of funding comes from the state of Iowa, and that's through user fees collected primarily from the fuel tax, annual vehicle registration fees, and a fee for new registration, which is what we pay. It's a 5% fee that we pay when we buy a new year used vehicle. The state funding through the road use tax fund and Tom 21 fund amounts to about $1.3 billion a year. The second source of funding is from the federal government that provides about $475 million a year and that's funding available again for the DOT and cities and counties in the state. And then cities and counties of course also have local revenues primarily from property tax levies that are collected but also a lot of jurisdictions allocate some of their local option sales tax and then also cities and more and more counties are also utilizing bonding to generate funding for their public road system. The local revenue stream, it varies from year to year based on how much they're allocating and collecting through bonding, but it's probably in the 400 to 500 million dollars a year. So in total, there's over $2 billion of funding that is invested in maintenance and construction on our public road system in the state. And Dan, I think this question's more directed at you. How does federal transportation funding for highways work and what is the history of that funding? The Federal Highway Trust Fund, it was established in 1956 when Congress and administration decided to construct the interstate system. So they started to determine whether they should use a bonding approach or use a user fee approach. There were already highway user fees being collected on gas and diesel. So what they did is they created a Federal Highway Trust Fund and they increased the gas and diesel tax from two cents to three cents and they used that for the construction of the interstate system. It really stayed that way until about 1983 when they reauthorized the interstate program and established additional programs funded out of the Highway Trust Fund. At that time they increased the gas tax from four cents to nine cents 
A year later, they increased the tax on diesel another six cents. And that was because they also made some adjustments to truck size and weight. They also created at that time a mass transit account. So there was a time when, really beginning in 83, where they started to expand what the Federal Highway Trust Fund is being used for. Now those funds are returned to the state based on different programs. A lot of it is the size of the system that we have, the vehicle miles traveled on the system. So we receive a share of those funds. And recently, and really historically, it's been right around the 1.2, 1.3% of the National Highway Trust Fund that does come to Iowa. One of the important parts when they established the trust fund was having that fund there allowed states to get into multi-year programs. That was really critical when they established the interstate system. You had to have multi-year funding and so they had a multi-year contracts. Can you provide some examples of programs and projects funded by federal aid? The current authorization bill called MAP-21 from the federal government allocates funding through various programs. The great majority of the funding is allocated to programs that provide funding to the state through the Department of Transportation and cities and counties for investments in roads and bridges. There are some smaller, minor programs out of MAP-21 that allocate funds for recreational trails or other programs called the, such as the Transportation Alternatives Program, which can utilize funding for historical transportation facility rehabilitation and trails and scenic improvements. But the majority of the funding is for roads and bridges. And again, that's allocated to the DOT and cities and counties for projects. And so those would be your typical roadway projects. At the county level, it's primarily roadway resurfacing projects or bridge repair and replacement. That's also what we tend to see in cities, although in larger cities. And at the DOT, we take on larger projects where it could be making significant interstate modernization improvements like we're doing currently in Council Bluffs and in Sioux City. Or it could be a big Mississippi River bridge replacement like we're planning on doing in a couple years in the Quad Cities on I-74. Or it's also for resurfacing projects on the state system as well and bridge projects. Roughly two-thirds of the federal highway funding is allocated for state projects through uh, the DOT. And in Iowa, we have a, a great system, one of the best systems in the country for allocating funds by utilizing the Iowa Transportation Commission, which is an independent body appointed by the governor and confirmed by the Senate. And they make all the programming decisions for the state and federal funding that's allocated on the DOT system. For the remaining one-third of federal funding that goes to local jurisdictions, we also use a process in Iowa that is pretty unique, at least in the rural side, where funding is allocated to planning organizations. So we have nine metropolitan planning organizations, and those are areas over 50,000 population. And these are multi-jurisdiction organizations or bodies that allow for more coordinated regional metropolitan decision-making. And for the rural parts of the state, we have 18 regional planning affiliations. And again, these are multi-jurisdiction bodies, and they each have a policy board made up of elected officials for the jurisdictions within that area and they make decisions on how to allocate those federal funds within that area. 
So for example, in the Des Moines area here, we have a Des Moines area metropolitan planning organization that includes Des Moines, West Des Moines, Ankeny, all the suburbs in the area along with Polk County and some of the other surrounding counties. And they have a policy board that makes decisions on how those federal funds are utilized. The last point I'd make is this federal funding, because it's federal funding, it's intended to be targeted towards higher level roads. This fund cannot be used for all of the 114,000 miles of roads in the state. It's a subset of those roads that are higher level roads. So on the county system, it'd be the paved, higher volume county road system. It's about 30 to 40% of the public road system is eligible for federal funding. Okay, Dan, the Highway Trust Fund has existed for quite a while. Are trust fund programs fluid over time? And if so, how does this impact state and local decision making, particularly in Iowa? In 56, when the interstate program started, they were providing funds for the interstate construction, and they had a few broad categories. They had a category for the primary system or state-owned system, a category of funding for the secondary system, the urban system, and then they had a program for bridges. So they had those main programs. Over time, it has changed a lot. There was a time period when we had, they called them demonstration projects later became known as earmarks. And so that crept into the program. A major change occurred in 1991 with the passage of ICE-T, the Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency Act. A couple major changes there. One of the changes was an item that Stu mentioned that was a focus on local and regional planning. And Iowa was one of the first states to really embrace that concept has, Stu mentioned, been patterned by many other states and even the federal code. But also over time, there have been other programs that have kind of crept in. The primary system now became the national highway system. The secondary and urban systems combined, but yet the federal law included some sub-allocations to the local, the cities and the counties or the RPAs that we have in Iowa. There were programs for congestion mitigation programs for recreational trails, scenic byways. So we started to move away as the interstate construction was winding down. We started developing new ways to use the Federal Highway Trust Fund. So we went through a series of reauthorization bills and you may have heard people talk about T21, Safety Lou, and then MAP21 is the current one which we are operating under an extension. MAP21 was I guess maybe another major change is that we started consolidating more of these programs back again to give more authority or more responsibility for programming that money back to the state and local governments. So there was more of a consolidation which is good. The other is there was an emphasis on performance measurement. So performance measurement and accountability is a part of more and more of the federal programs. Another area is the recognition of the importance of moving freight in this country. It kind of heightened the responsibility for states to look at freight and other intermodal activities. As far as any changes, now that MAP 21, the extension expires on May 31st of 2015, and so there are many people that would like to see some changes. Right now we are in the kind of the middle of implementing some of the changes brought forward by MAP 21. They're still doing a lot of rulemaking, so states aren't that anxious about going into any wholesale changes with reauthorization right now. Let's implement the direction that we're going, 
states are by and large in favor of that direction. So let's not make any major changes into a new reauthorization bill. So MAP 21 is not really fully implemented yet? Correct. It was only a two-year bill. It was a reauthorization bill funded for two years, but the implementation extends over six. So it will be a while before it is fully implemented. And related to that, what is the status of the Highway Trust Fund right now? The Highway Trust Fund is not in good financial (laughs) standing. Over time, the Highway Trust Fund and the outlays or the apportionments and authorizations really track very well. The current gas tax at the federal level is 18.4 cents and diesel is 24.4 cents. That has remained unchanged since 1993. So as that is more or less leveled off, the desire of Congress and the administration to increase investment in transportation has not waned. And so those two lines started to separate the revenues from the outlays and or investment levels. So what you ended up having is a time when the trust fund was actually had a balance in. And as expenditures and investments increased, that balance was gone. So there yeah. was a balance in at one time, there was a transfer of $8 billion from the trust fund to the general fund when we were having serious discussions about deficit spending. So we loaned money to the general fund from the highway trust fund. So that time is really gone now, and really since 2000, expenditures or investments have exceeded the revenues going into it. It really came to a head, and investment levels got to the point where in 2008, there needed to be some additional revenues added to the trust fund. And that's when they started the transfers of general fund money into the highway trust fund. So we've done that since 2008, and to date there's been over $65 billion transferred from either the general fund or the leaking underground storage tank fund, but additional funds have been moved into the highway trust fund in order to keep it solvent. We had an issue there for a while where we thought we were going to run out of money, but the MAP 21 extension added $10.8 billion, gave us a bump up, and now we're on our slide back down to insolvency, which is estimated to occur about the same time as MAP 21 extension expires at the end of May. Final topic. How are local jurisdictions and the DOT planning given the issues with the Highway Trust Fund? As Dan was explaining, we've dealt with many extensions of authorization bills over the last decade or plus and have had to deal with last-minute transfers of general fund and congressional action, which has caused a lot of challenges for every state in the country and every jurisdiction that receives federal funding. And that's a challenge because there is tremendous uncertainty now about federal funding. In the past, when we used to have multi-year authorization bills adopted in a timely fashion, you could allocate and program funds on a multi-year basis and have some assurances that that funding is there. That has not existed for quite a few years now. So that's caused several challenges. One, it forces the Transportation Commission on DOT projects and local jurisdictions through their planning organizations to be conservative in their programming. Well, by being conservative, you're not constructing projects as quickly as you could. So that means projects are being delayed, and this is at a time when 
obviously we there's been a lot of discussion about increasing needs on the system so that's been a real challenge so conservative programming has been one of the actions that's been taken the more recent challenge we faced is coming very close to experiencing a situation where because of the highway trust fund insolvency that we will see reduced federal reimbursements or a stoppage of federal reimbursements for projects that have already been committed and are underway. Last August, we came very close to the situation. And at that time, we were within a very short time period of having reduced reimbursements. And we're facing a time period where federal funding would stop. So what was done at that time is in working with local jurisdictions, the DOT undertook an analysis of what projects are underway, how much funding we expect to be required for reimbursement. And we did an assessment that we concluded, fortunately because August is getting towards the end of the construction season, that we'd be able to wrap up the construction season without impacting any projects and recover the federal funding that we had reimbursed throughout the winter months when we're still getting receipts from the Highway Trust Fund but we're not expending funds because the season is over. But the challenge we're really facing now is with this looming situation coming up in May, which is the beginning of a construction season, we will be at a point where the DOT and local jurisdictions will have committed all their funding for projects. Those projects will be under contract with the contractors and they'll have begun work. And if we reach a time period where we start receiving reduced federal reimbursements, then the situation will be much different and we will more than likely not be able to continue projects unimpacted throughout the season. So we'll have to probably have discussions about which projects to stop and how to deal with that the rest of the year. This is not a new issue, so the commission, of course we can speak at the state level very well. The commission for the last couple years has been very upfront and transparent as they've developed the five-year program. Uh, the Commission identifies their project commitments every year in June with identification of a five-year construction improvement program. Through that process, they've identified a methodology for how to look at which projects would be impacted if federal funding is reduced or eliminated for a short time period or even a long-term period. And so they identified some criteria to do that, looking at things such as equity, the purpose and need of the project, the local support for the project, how long the project's been committed, whether the project is already underway. So that process has been defined and documented by the commission so that if we run into that situation, we have a process to deal with that. At the DOT, the federal funding makes up about half of the funding available for the commission to allocate to projects. So if there's a federal funding impact, that could impact about half of the investment in any given year. That wraps up this edition of Fiscal One-on-Ones. Stu, Dan, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you.